This morning we are uh, reading through chapter 8 in Acts. We are continuing through our study in that. We are going to be in verses 1 through 8. I invite you to grab your Bible so that you can read along with us and participate in that active uh, use of God's Word. You can pause because we have the ability to right now. Um, chapter 6 and 7 is summarized by Pastor Kurt really great. Uh, greatly done in the article in the newsletter that was sent out this morning. You're welcome to um, read through that a little bit later. But for the sake of time, we know that Stephen at this moment in uh, church history was martyred for uh, sharing God's news, sharing Jesus um, to the community. It's a tragic death. Um, it's a criminal's death. And that's where we pick up in chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, we will be reading about Saul. You might know him as Paul later. But in this moment, he had not been converted yet, right? And so we know him as Saul. So chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. We have a really big shift in the way that the church is at this moment. It really does change and it goes from Jerusalem into the other parts of the area, uh, into Samaria and Judea. Samaria, you might remember, is a place that people usually avoid. But at this point, it's this is where they are supposed to go. And actually, if we move back to Acts 1, and we were reminded of what Stacy preached to us a couple weeks ago, was that Jesus had already predicted that this is where they would be asked to go, that they would be asked to go to Judea and Samaria and share the good news after they left Jerusalem. And then he said to go into the ends of the world. Um, and not to stop there. So it may not be a surprise that they were needing to scatter to other areas, but it may have been um, a surprise as to why they would have to do that. And this is at the point where Stephen uh, was martyred. Now, they, it says that the apostles or the godly men mourned and grieved and they buried Stephen, but they could not do this in a way that was um, how they would normally do it because a criminal was not allowed to have those types of services or ways that you would prepare um, a body. And so they mourned him, but they did this in such a way that was different than they normally would. And so what you gather from this like very beginning of chapter 8 is that things are going to change. Things are not going to look the way that they look. In fact, we often will take what's in the past and it informs the way that we behave in the present. Um, and it serves also the way that we behave in the present. We are in a spot in our history where we have had to change and pivot the way that we normally behave and the way that we normally conduct church and the way that we normally conduct lives and things have had to shift and change and this is where the church is at in chapter eight so i hope that you can find a place where you uh, relate to what the the word of god is saying that happened in acts and what does that mean for us now 
Please understand that I am not comparing staying at home to being martyred and being imprisoned for sharing God's word because that is not exactly equal. But there is a shift in the way that we are um, activated in our faith right now, in the way that we are behaving in our faith, in the way that we normally would come together as a church in a building and sit and sing and stand and worship God together. We no longer can do that in the way that we um, are used to. So our past um, has this memory of the good old days. But right now we're in a moment where we can learn from God's word and in Acts and um, how the church pivoted. So we are going to pick up on verse four and we're going to learn about Philip. Let me tell you a little bit about Philip so that you understand who he is or who he possibly was. I mean, it's believed that he was not the apostle Philip, but he was the evangelist Philip. And I point that out because I think that sometimes we expect certain kinds of people to be the ones who go and do the work of the church. But Philip was not considered one of the people who walked around with Jesus on this earth. He was somebody um, who believed in Jesus and he shared the good news, which made him the evangelist. We all can be Philip in this place. Wherever we are scattered to, wherever we go to, we can be Philip. So let me read to you um, a little how we are introduced to Philip in this section in Acts 8, verse 4. Through eight. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city, to a city in Samaria, and proclaimed Christ there. Where the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics uh, and cripples were healed. So there was a great joy in the city. Philip no longer could worship in the temple where he was used to with the people that he loved and that he cared for and believed like he did. He had to move to a whole nother area. The apostles stayed back and they were in Jerusalem, but Philip and others left to go to different areas and, and uh, Philip ended up in Samaria. Now, if you remember in Samaria, this is a place that we would often avoid or the um, like, uh, it was just a place that was avoided often uh, for many, many reasons, right? There are people who were just enough like somebody, but not enough to like want to be around them. And Philip goes there. And so with what he shares, there's a great joy in the city. But I do believe that Philip was a human. And so I do believe that he had emotions. And I think that he grieved over the people he was leaving. And I think he grieved over the people who were lost and imprisoned over sharing God's word. And I believe that uh, we don't get to see all of the emotions and the, um, the way that he would respond to this before he is scattered or even during while he was scattered. But we do know this, that there was a great joy in the city, the city of Samaria, which we probably would have given up on. Um, but that is not where Philip um, takes this. I really struggled this week to try to find a, a proper title for the sermon. And I, I like, what does that matter? Does it matter? But it does because it really informed the way that I uh, present the information to you and this passage to you. I wanted to call it scattered, but it felt disorganized. Um, and none of us really want to feel 
um, more uneasy. But there is some truth to that. And people were scattered out of where they normally would worship and how, where they would normally live and the way that they would normally do life. But I didn't feel like that's the message I wanted to share with you this morning. And then the next title I wanted to have was Deployed. And it felt very uh, military-like and that there was a fight that was about to happen. And, well, that was kind of true too, right? They were fighting for their lives and they were fighting for... Um, for people's hearts to be changed. But again, that's not really the message that I wanted to portray this morning. And then I struggled um, in thinking back on the past couple months of how I have um, sought God in this and how I've uh, responded to other people in this. And I'll be honest, I really did struggle in my faith for a while, trying to decide how we are acting as Christians and how that shares God's word. Um, and it bothered me. It bothered me a lot. And then the other night, um, I spoke to our teens. And since I am the youth director, I, I often think about um, how the world is shaping and forming and responding to our young people and how they're responding to God and to the other um, things that are happening around them. And I talked to them about what they could do in this time when they are really not uh, able to be active in the way that we often challenge our teens to be active. And then it and then we were talking through some of the ways that we can have an activated faith in the times when um, we're told to be sitting and staying. We often think of the words that are verbs as um, the active ones and the, the like running, jumping, walking. Things that use our physical body and our hands and our feet, literally. And I do believe that those are verbs, right? Those are truly verbs. The question is, is how, what else are verbs? Being, sitting, staying, praying, meditating, loving. An activated faith are multiple ways of responding to who God is and what he's done. You see, Philip no longer could worship in the temple, but he, he knew that that also meant that God can be worshipped anywhere, that it did not have to stay inside the building of a temple or in the city that he knew. It also meant that he could be worshipped in a place like Samaria. See, what looks like something, and it is, don't get me wrong, martyr of Stephen was a terrible situation. It was a terrible act. The fact that Saul was persecuting Christians um, and imprisoning them and um, causing great harm to them for the fact of sharing God's word is awful. And it's meant to be lamented and meant to be mourned, which, by the way, are verbs. But God took something that was awful and he did something bigger and better. And it was this moment of activation that the church started to spread into areas 
that were avoided. And Jesus tells us to do this in Acts 1. And he tells us that this is going to happen and that we are going to go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and to share God's word to the ends of the earth, to share God's love to the ends of the earth. And so today I want you to grab a piece of paper and I want you to write down ways that you can activate your faith, that you can actually be action Christians and believers of Jesus. What can you be doing in this time, in this circumstance that can uh, show God's love, to spread God's love and Jesus with other people? You see, God takes what is not great and he turns it into something better. He takes what's okay and he makes it better. He takes what's actually good and what we like and that we miss that we can't be together right now. And he makes it better. And it doesn't happen instantaneously. We don't read this right away. In fact, next week, we're going to get a little bit further on uh, Philip's story and what happened in Samaria at the time. This is not the end of the story. It's a good part of the story, but it's not the end of the story. And then 2,000 years later, we're in this moment and the church is being activated once again and having to pivot and change. You see, God did this in um, the Old Testament all the way through where we are now. I think of Joseph in the, the um, Old Testament in Genesis that the brothers went to ask for forgiveness for what they had done to him. And he said, what you meant for evil, God used for good. I think about Philip in this moment, what um, happened to Stephen was meant as evil and God used it for good. I think about Jesus and his awful death on the cross that was used for good. Our faith can be active in this moment, in this time, in ways that we could never imagine if we weren't in this moment, in this time. And so I'm challenging you to activate your faith in some ways that are really good. One of the ways that you can do this is by sending some notes in on our website on the youth page to our uh, graduating seniors. This is supposed to be a time that we celebrate them and we love on them with notes of encouragement, your favorite verse, um, life advice. This is a time that we normally would do that at our church building, but we've given you the opportunity to do that on the website. This is a way that you can have an activated faith, that you can share God's word with those who are transitioning into another place, who are about to be scattered in the world. You can actively check on your neighbors and see how they're doing if they need anything. And oftentimes they'll say no, but there is something about asking and being seen and heard that shares God's love. You can sign up to be part of Summer XP, either as a volunteer or a participant. That is a way that we can be active in our faith. You can check out some of the Zoom calls that we have that are meant to like take where we are right now and talk about how our faith is informing the way that we behave. You can share your struggles with someone else. You can share your grief with someone else and love them in their grief and their struggles. It's time that our faith is activated with what seems to be awful and watching what God can do to make it better. 
You know, I find it interesting that when Jesus says that the, the word would be shared to the ends of the earth and we get to be on uh, the internet, which allows us to go further than any of our houses um, could, any of our ability to be together in a church building. Now, please don't take this the wrong way. I grieve and I miss our time together inside of our building. But I wonder and I, I challenge you to find a way that God is activating our faith right now so that we can look at how we share God's word in a different way. The words that come to mind, the actions that come to mind when I think of who God is and what he wants us to do and how he wants to us to respond to his love is the words loving and caring and serving and praying. We can do those things in our circumstances now. And then we can look at the past and we can see in the future what he did with these things. I challenge you to activate your faith in ways that is sharing and spreading God's word. And then I would uh, challenge you also to share those with us. Stay on for a little bit after um, the service and talk to each other about how you can do these together, how you could activate your faith together. We have a chance to spread God's word in a big and important way right now. When the history books write about us, what would they say? Would they say that they spread great joy in the city and cared and served and loved each other and others that they would not normally do or care for? I think when they write the history of this, we have an opportunity to say that the church pivoted at this time, the church activated at this time, and that nothing was the same after that. And it was bigger and better than we could ever imagine. Yeah. I think the church has an opportunity right now to activate their faith. And go and share the good news and watch the city with great joy. What are you doing to activate your faith right now? Let us know.